0: Welcome to Taking the Pulse. I'm Tina Emerson along with Nexon Pruitt Healthcare Attorney Dara Coleman. We have talked to so many healthcare professionals whose businesses have been upended by COVID 19. Dara, what are you hearing from your clients? Tina, this week has been a very interesting
1: one. Um, as we've seen a surge um, around the country in the number of cases reported, I think our healthcare professionals are concerned about what might happen with the upcoming holidays but I think they're also optimistic about the awareness that people have. Um, So there's a a combination of a concern about um, the COVID fatigue that we're certainly seeing with people, but also I think hope that the heightened awareness um, that we certainly have this far in to the pandemic will, will bode well. So there's optimism, cautious optimism going into the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday
0: season. Well, we have a great resource to add to that today. We are going to talk with Dr. Addison Livingston. Um, He is going to talk to us about the pharmacy industry. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. Joining us today is Dr. Addison Livingston, owner of Hawthorne Pharmacy and Medical Equipment, a local pharmacy that's been serving Columbia, South Carolina for nearly 70 years with quality care. Dr. Livingston, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Uh, Now that we're eight months into the public health emergency, can you describe how COVID 19 has impacted you as a pharmacist and a member of the Board of Pharmacy? Have you seen change in the utilization of certain medications?
2: Well, thank you for having me today, Tina. And yes, the pharmacy industry is like all other healthcare industries and many other industries that are out there, and we've been uh, dramatically impacted by this COVID crisis that we're in. Uh, I'm happy to say that I think our profession has risen to the occasion, and uh, we, we've you know had some struggles at the beginning, just taking care of uh, of our patients with you know ensuring continuity of care. Um, as far as the impact and uh, change in utilization of medicines, I would, I would say that the biggest thing is the involvement of pharmacists in vaccinations, immunizations, and um, that uh, the, the number of patients that are coming into our facilities right now for just, just regular vaccines has increased dramatically.
1: Addison, um, first of all, I just wanna thank you for coming in because I know that your work is so very busy right now as we're going into flu season but I also want to thank you for your service as a member of the Board of Pharmacy. During the pandemic, how would you describe the response of, of that aspect of your work as a regulator?
2: Well, that's changed drastically as well. Uh, just something as simple as the, the ability to, to get together in a room and meet and take care of issues has, has changed uh, just like it has for everyone. you know, we're, we're, we're you know, taking care of business through a Zoom platform or a Webex Webex platform, but uh, there are many substantive of things that we've had to take care of uh, with, with with this crisis. Uh, first of all, making sure that. Um, there's adequate providers out there to take care of the people of South Carolina. That's one of the important functions of the regulators here is to make sure that healthcare is available to, to individuals. So, we issue some orders that uh, allow temporary license to out of state entities to make sure that you know adequate services are uh, available. Uh, we we changed our inspection processes significantly so that uh, you know the profession is not being burdened by individuals coming into to a pharmacy just to do a. Um, Uh, inspection we allowed for temporary use of pharmacy kiosks so patients can pick up from a from a kiosk instead of having to go into a facility Um, we gave some offered some guidance to people who are in the sterile compounding world when there was a shortage of ppe uh, you know what they could do and how they could operate and probably the biggest uh, thing that we've had to deal with recently is just disseminating good information that uh, is coming out uh, from HHS in terms of amendments to their uh, emergency declaration and the allowance of pharmacists, uh, uh, pharmacy interns, pharmacy technicians to administer vaccines that uh, they've traditionally not been able to do. And so clarifying, you know, what that means to the practice, trying to ensure that everyone is adequately trained, well informed so that uh, they can they can render service to the, you know, the, the standard of care that's out there.
1: One of the questions that I think people might have relates to the age of patients who can be vaccinated in a pharmacy. Do you mind touching on that? Because I think some of our listeners might be concerned about that
2: well that that's really the biggest thing that hhs has done with these amendments to the emergency declaration is they've lowered the age to three years of age and and, and older so any recommended vaccine and then it's not specific to covid or influenza it could be a mmr a, a tdap a tetanus diphtheria type vaccine um what what hhs has, has been concerned with is that during this pandemic there are a lot of children who have not going to their pediatrician for care like they normally would. And because of that, there are many people who have not been adequately vaccinated. So they issued these amendments to the emergency declaration because health uh, pharmacists are so accessible to people. Uh, you know, It's estimated that the majority of people in the United States live within five miles of a pharmacy. So they can go to that pharmacy and get these vaccines that are, that are very much needed.
0: And you mentioned that people live within five miles of a pharmacy, but a lot of times people don't live within five miles of a COVID-19 testing facility. Do you find that pharmacists are administering tests more often?
2: Well, there are a number of pharmacies that have started administering tests, um, probably not as widespread as, as everyone would like for it to be. And, and the real reason for that is the the concern of exposure to the people who are working in a pharmacy. You know, that, that was one of the, the the biggest thing that we wanted to make sure we, we, we did is this continuity of care. You know, most most medical illnesses, diseases are treated by medication. So, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're able to perform the normal functions that we, we take care of prior to this COVID uh, pandemic, and that's dispensing medicines to individuals. And, and it's not real easy to go out and just find someone on the street that can work in our pharmacies. These are st- trained individuals, uh, licensed individuals. So, uh, we wanted to protect them as much as we possibly can, and I, I think that's probably the reason that most pharmacies or, or a lot of pharmacies have pharmacies have decided not to uh, uh, take care or uh, take part in the testing process. Um, and also, coupled with that is the the demands, the um, uh, how workflow has changed in the pharmacy has has been impactful. And so, there's a lot of work to be done besides just testing just to take care of our patients so certainly
1: you mentioned that your workforce is highly trained you're dealing with licensed professionals I would imagine that the pandemic has had a dramatic impact on them do you mind touching upon how the pandemic has impacted the workforce that you see in the pharmacy industry
2: sure so um first and foremost is the change in workflow if you if you ever go into a pharmacy and you look uh it it seems kind of chaotic but there's actually a a method behind the madness that you see behind the um behind the counter well when when social and with social distancing and the idea of you know businesses kind of closing and and uh patients being scared to come into a pharmacy that entire workflow changed. And uh, there's, you know, in, in, in my own business, there's increased number of deliveries and, you know, uh, arranging the delivery of a medication to someone's home is a lot more labor intensive than than just putting it over in a bin for a patient to come pick it up. There's curbside pickup where our staff was running in and out of the building, continually delivering medications. There's people coming to the drive through, which is a little more labor intensive. Um, and that's that's, quite frankly, had a significant impact that our, our, our staff is fatigued, to be perfectly honest with you. As, as an employer, that's something I've been concerned about, something that we've tried to address. And there's just many other small things that uh, has, has affected how the individuals work in the pharmacy you know one of the things that comes to mind is we deal with a uh, an elderly population that's the majority of our customers and you know they come in now now that we have the doors open they come in they're wearing a mask my staff is wearing a mask Uh, A lot of times there's some hearing issues and, you know, effective communication is not as easy as it was prior to this pandemic. And and, and so again, it takes a little more effort, a little more time to take care of a simple transaction than it did in the past.
0: And how is the role of a pharmacist different depending on the clinical setting, whether you're in a pharmacy or in a hospital or a retail?
2: Well, uh, it, you know, most people, when they think of a pharmacist, they think of a retail pharmacy. But uh, there, there are many, many different specialties inside the, the, the pharmacy community. Uh, you know, hospital pharmacists, uh, the, the, the idea that uh, a pharmacist is in the base, basement fill uh, filling prescription has changed drastically. They're, they're pharmacists. They're working on the floor. They're uh, an integral part of the healthcare care team, uh, making decisions on a daily basis about individual patient care. And so, you know, during this pandemic, they've been really, really involved in how to treat a a COVID patient, a COVID patient that's going downhill, uh, that they've been involved in that process and uh, so their role has changed significantly as well and and, and again proud to say that I think they've done a phenomenal job.
1: I think you're probably right. I think that the role of the pharmacist has changed exponentially during the pandemic and that role was already evolving even before um, the pandemic hit with the evolution of collaborative care. What do you predict going forward? How do you think the role of the pharmacist is going to change moving forward? What are some other trends that you might predict?
2: Well, I'll go ahead and tell you that I'm one of these glass half full guys. Uh, I'm always looking for the positive in things. And and I think that uh, while 2020 has kind of been a disaster and this pandemic has been, you know, uh, um, challenging for everyone, I think there are a lot of opportunities for the pharmacy profession as we move forward. Um, as recently as yesterday, uh, HHS has uh, released a press, a press um, release about how they're trying to enroll both chain pharmacy, pharmacies and community pharmacies, uh, independent community pharmacies, in the vaccination process, and so. In the past, there's been some resistance of recognizing the role of a pharmacist in clinical care of a patient. It's more, pharmacy has been viewed as a commodity-based business, and, and the services that's been provided has kind of been overlooked. Uh, with these type um, endeavors, I think that there is a, 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 a it's, it's showing what a pharmacy pharmacist can do, not just dispense medicines, but offer clinical care as well. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the press release yesterday was, was indicative of that.
1: That has to be very exciting.
2: Yes, it is.
1: For you as a practitioner and as a business owner. Correct, Right. yes. One of the other things that we want to ask you about that might be somewhat controversial, um, I'd love to get your thoughts on PBMs. Um, Pharmacists, um, I know have strong opinions on pharmacy benefit management programs. What do you think the impact has been on um, patient selection?
2: Well, yeah, uh, the, the PBM is uh, uh, topic is a, is a hot topic. Uh, you know, these pharmacy benefit managers were set up originally to perform administrative functions between a pharmacy and the major medical uh, insurance carrier. So in the past, uh, before PBMs were created, uh, the, the pharmacy would have to s- send bills to a, a number of different in- insurance companies. Or, you know, a number of different patients. Uh, whenever you came in, you can just imagine the, the administrative nightmare that 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 would be. And so, the PBMs were developed to to serve a kind of go between, the middleman between the pharmacy community and the insurance companies. And uh, over uh, over the years, their role has evolved, and um, they are you know major major companies and so there have been there's been vertical integration a lot of consolidation in that industry and a lot of these PBMs are affiliated with either major chain pharmacies or they have uh, you know their own mail order pharmacies and so many times patients are prohibited from going to their local community pharmacy and, and, and talking to the pharmacists that they've known and, and developed a relationship over many years uh, because this payer says you have to go somewhere else um, I used the example when talking about this uh, m- my dad the, the man who paid for me to go to college and 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 helped me kind of push me forward in life is prohibited from getting services at my own pharmacy uh, and and it's uh, it's it's both discouraging as a professional that your patients are being directed somewhere else. It's discouraging on the patient side of things because, uh, again, my dad had developed a relationship with one of our own, ph- my own pharmacist, and uh, that was just interrupted one day with a letter that came in the mail that said, "Hey, you you have to go somewhere else to use your insurance benefits." And so, um, early on in the pandemic, you could see a move by these PBMs to take this opportunity to push patients to maybe their mail order facilities or remind them that their own pharmacy that is down the street is open and you can go there to get services instead of going to your normal uh, community pharmacy. So um, again, something that has been discouraging but uh, it, it's something that hopefully um, will be addressed legislatively there is a actually a case in the supreme court that they heard back in october uh, specifically dealing with uh, how um uh, the, the states are allowed to regulate these pbm's specifically on the uh, you know federal plans and such so the pharmacy community is anxious to see how that case uh, turns out so
1: well I, I think a lot of people probably will be interested to yes. see how that turns out
0: Definitely. Now in, in the past six months, eight months now of this pandemic, a lot of businesses have really reformulated the way that they operate. And right. not all of that has been all bad. No. Some of those things hey, we've realized how to use technology better. How do you see kind of the future of pharmacy in general moving on from, from this pandemic?
2: Well, pharmacy by nature is a very dynamic industry. The way we practiced you know, at the beginning of 2020, completely different than i practiced in 2018 i mean it's, it's just changed dramatically uh i think this has just pushed us even farther down the road uh, using technology uh i i, I kind of chuckle uh, the way i even manage my staff staff to uh, have th- these eight pharmacies and it's difficult to to um get the staff of eight pharmacies together have a staff meeting. It's so simple now to get them on a WebEx and discuss issues and such. And so, the, the, I think the pandemic again. There's been a lot of good things. Uh, a, a lot of uh, awareness of different technology that's out there. Uh, it may not all be good. You know, I mentioned the kiosks and the pickup point. There's there's you know there's some concerns there, but the technology is out there, and I think it's it's, it's made us all aware of you know how we may be able to change our practice to better serve the people that, uh, that, that, that we take care of.
0: It's really forced us to do things differently in a way that we wouldn't have been brave enough to do before maybe. Yes. Absolutely, I think one thing
1: that children often are encouraged to do is to embrace a growth mindset. This pandemic
0: has encouraged all of us to embrace a growth mindset by by force, whether we, whether we want to or not, we're doing it, aren't we? Well, thank you, Dr. Livingston, for your take on your pharmacy's journey through the pandemic and also your view from the Board of Pharmacy and looking at, at the industry as a whole. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much
1: for your service um, to the state of South Carolina and certainly um, your service to your patients. We
0: are very grateful for your time today.
2: thank, well, thank you. you. Thank you very
0: much. Well, for other episodes of Taking the Pulse, look for us on our website, on Spotify, and on our social media channels. We'll see you next time on Taking the Pulse.